and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. This episode is for the week of April 30th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. This week, I'm so happy to have my dear longtime friend, activist, and writer, Rachel Michelle Fernandez, join me in a discussion on releasing creative blocks. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady carries on through the week in the first half of her waning phase as we come down off the intensity of that full moon in Scorpio on Sunday. Through the week, she will tour through Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, and into Aquarius late next weekend. So just a heads up, all times are approximations for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about 8 hours, and if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, basically the following day. Keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, also known as the connections that planets make, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. We've actually had a bit of a lighter week of planetary aspects in store, and thank goddess for that. I don't know about you folks, but the last few weeks have been something else. However, there still seems to be a breakthrough quality and a sense of necessary release over the coming days. So we're not quite out of the woods yet. So let's take a look at what's ahead. Monday, we're going to have the moon in Scorpio, and she'll be making a trine to Neptune, a conjunction to Jupiter, and a sextile to Pluto and Mars. And so the bottom line is, now that the moon is waning, we're kind of settling into that residual energy of the transformative full moon. The day is probably going to start out a bit dreamy, and we're going to be more in touch with the undercurrents in the air. And there may be an increased sense of optimism for the future and the changes that we've endured, especially with that conjunction to Jupiter. If you need to assert yourself or share something of an emotional nature, there will be an opportunity to do so this day. On Tuesday, the moon will be in Sagittarius, and there's actually no exact aspects for the day, um, which is not that uh, common. (laughs) There's usually something going on. Um, So I have a feeling our, you know, as we settle into that Sagittarius, expansive, uh, you know, adventurous type of energy, uh, our emotions will be expanding into new territory, and there'll be some 
you know, there'll be greater enthusiasm for uh, kind of opening up and branching out in our lives a bit, whether that's through travel, uh, exploring new philosophies, or even just standing on one's own two feet. So use this time for self-improvement and moving into greater integrity. On Wednesday, the moon is still going to be in Sagittarius uh, and will be making an opposition to Venus, a trine to Mercury, and a square to Neptune. Uh, so with the opposition to Venus, uh, indulgence may have kicked up either late last night or early this morning. So uh, treat yourself, but just don't go overboard. Uh, with that trine to Mercury, communication is going to be flowing, and this is an active day of uh, you know people expressing themselves and probably uh, doing so quite passionately, especially with that moon in Sagittarius. So when sharing your thoughts, make sure that you know with that square to Neptune, you aren't deceiving yourself or another in some way. You may find yourself frustrated based on your own idealism or desire to escape from a situation. So just an FYI on that, um, and an FYI that this could be one of those foot and mouth disease days. So if just be aware of that if you encounter it within yourself or within another. On Thursday, the moon is still in Sagittarius and will trine Uranus before moving into Capricorn later in the day. So we're still fired up in Sag land, and with that trine to Uranus, we're probably seeking a little bit of excitement and change in our lives. Situations may come on the scene suddenly, requiring us to shift in some way. Spontaneity may be needed in the moment, and you may find yourself wanting to free yourself from any limitations impacting you. Be open to possible breakthroughs today, as they can arrive. Later in the day, our lunar lady is going to settle into Capricorn and will be bringing us back down to Earth in our practical concerns. On Friday, the moon is still in Capricorn and will conjunct Saturn. And so work and financial security are probably going to be on our minds, and there may be a bit of depression or a somber vibe in the air. This is a good day to get down to business and retract your efforts to focus on the tasks at hand. Once you accomplish all you need to do for the day, you'll lighten up and be more able to relax. On Saturday, the moon is still in Capricorn, and we actually have tons of aspects happening that day. Uh, the moon will be trining the sun, sextiling Neptune and Jupiter, squaring Mercury, and making a conjunction to Pluto and Mars. Um, so chances are Friday and Saturday may both be busy and impactful days. There'll be some nervousness in the air with much conversation and probably tit for tat going on. A moody quality is going to permeate the day, uh, excuse me, permeate the day. And some emotional intensity and aggressiveness can arise up from within, especially with that, uh, that Pluto and Mars contact. You may not realize you're heated up until you're actually in the moment, because sometimes that happens. So just work through any emotions you encounter and allow for a new cycle to begin. Uh, and also of note, Saturday will be Cinco de Mayo. So happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody. Uh, I toast a margarita to you. On Sunday, the moon is still in Capricorn, but will move to uh, Aquarius, but not before she squares Uranus on the way. Um, and of note on that day is we have the sun who will be sextiling Neptune and the sun represents, uh, you know, the spotlight of our lives where we get awareness and we bring more awareness in, uh, that kind of triggers our, our life force, our vitality, our self. Um, it can trigger turning a page in one's life when we get new awareness that comes in. Um, and with a sextile, it's, it's 
allows us to create opportunities for ourselves or open a door in some way. It just doesn't happen. We have to take the action to do so. Now, Neptune ties into issues such as loss or confusion or something that is dissolving or the removal of boundaries in some way. And so I'm wondering if maybe by the end of the week here, we're going to be moving through uh, some loss or confusion or working through any doubt or disappointment we may have incurred during the week or even during this whole lunar cycle. Um, but ultimately, there, this is an opportunity to let go of something and to really turn a page. Um, and, you know, a lot of times things fall away from our lives and we might feel at the mercy of that or it can have like a helpless nature to it. But this is actually kind of a reversal where we are able to take the initiative and really release something and move on. Uh, just a little heads up uh, for Monday of next week, we're going to have Mercury square Pluto and Venus square Neptune. Um, and so that's going to be flavoring this day as well and probably the weekend. Um, so it kind of speaks to some emotionally intense conversations um, and the potential to release some relationship frustrations by actively letting an aspect of relating or the actual relationship itself uh, to dissolve. Um, so just an FYI on that. So the bottom line for Sunday is that, you know, some of this influence is likely to be felt along with all that is happening on Saturday. Um, and communication with others may be difficult and there can be some disruptions that arise emotionally. So once that moon moves into Aquarius, we will desire greater independence and a sense of detachment from what we've probably encountered during the week. As the last quarter moon approaches, which will be also be exact on Monday, along with that Mercury square to Pluto and Venus square to Neptune, chances are there's going to be an internal crisis that we're going to have to free ourselves from. So basically, it seems that this week uh, there's going to be a need to move beyond our current situations, and communication may be key in doing that. An opportunity to let go in order to break through may arise, and we may have to work through some doubt, depression, or negativity to arrive at a more liberated destination. So let's look at the cards. They seem to really play into what I just summarized. So I drew the Ten of Wands as the focus and the Tower as the grounding. And with the Ten of Wands as the focus, taking a look at the load you're currently carrying is key. Are you feeling overburdened, as if you have too much on your shoulders? Or are you taking on more than your fair share out of the desire to please others? This can be a sign to lighten your load up a bit and let go that which is weighing you down. Releasing, re releasing responsibilities or a sense of duty to others and learning to delegate may be in order. Clear away the burdens and allow for new awareness to ensue. This will help guide you into a renewed sense of direction and alternative viewpoints. Now, with the tower as the grounding, the unexpected may force upon you, uh, you know, the need to assess what I just spoke of with the Ten of Wands. Chances are there will be a breaking point of some sort and you will no longer be able to go on the way that you have. This card points to the need of fresh viewpoints and really speaks to our focus card of last week, which was the devil. Through a catalyst, the truth will shine down and help to liberate you from a foundation that no longer is supportive. This is when our self-imposed chains can officially be cut. So last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the lion. This magnificent beast calls us to step into greater courage and the ability to ask for what it is we want. 
As much as we think others can read our minds, uh, they can't. It's up to you to share what your needs are uh, and to have the courage to speak up about any issue that comes up this week. So pretending that you're a martyr in the situation will only diminish your ability to effectively get what you desire. So muster up that courage this week, speak your piece, and watch the respect roll in. Now, if you want to take it a little deeper with how the energy of the week is going to impact you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. Whether you're a tarot novice or an expert, the weekly spread can be of immense help to get a personalized overview for the week. Gain insight as to what to look out for while further developing your understanding of the cards at the week's end. Every Sunday, I release a short video outlining the custom spread while also encouraging you to share your cards and your questions. So if you want to take a look to see what to expect, you can check out a sample spread and find out more at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, so now let's meet our guest. All right, so I want to welcome my guest, Rachel Michelle Fernandez. Thank you so much for being here, Rachel. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Rachel and I have known each other for a very long time, right? It's so much, so long now, maybe we shouldn't say because we're going to age ourselves. We're going to age ourselves, but <laughs> let's say it's, it's long enough to know someone very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started here. Well, I was born, I'm just kidding, actually that works, I was born here in San Diego and uh, grew up here primarily and met you, I think, as I was finishing college, something like that. Yes. And uh, then I lived in San Francisco for a couple years and then I lived in New York for 11 years and that was a real growth experience, (laughs) opportunity. Learned a lot uh, from my friends and community that I was able to build there, uh, but started feeling really pigeonholed in my career. I was working in first independent film, which was really hard to make a living at, even though it was gratifying. And then I ended up producing uh, reality television, which uh, was also really fun at first. A lot of traveling, getting to meet different people, using the skills that I studied in school. Uh, But then I just started feeling a little bit isolated. I was on the road a lot, and I was working very, very long hours. I didn't really see an opportunity to move up. And then I also looked at, like, the product of what I was making. And while some of the stuff is interesting, I just really... I didn't feel artistically or creatively engaged. And as I've recognized, um, I will age myself. I just turned 40. And uh, thank you. I actually (laughs) feel good about it. But one of the things that um, I've realized uh, as a woman, especially aging, is that, um, you know, it's a really tough it's a tough world out there to be female. Um, if you're young, you're too young. If you're older, you're too old. There's like, where's that sweet spot where you're, you know, just the right age to be at your prime or whatever. And I finally realized that that is just completely put on by the parts of society I don't enjoy. (laughs) And I've started feeling more, um, creative than ever and um I look back actually into this this one moment I brought this up a lot recently I was driving in Miami I had a rental car it was a minivan 
And I was driving away from the airport and the sun came streaming in and I could see the ocean. And I think I was listening to a Rihanna song and singing along. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I just had this vision for my life, which was living in a beach town Mm. and having a car that I could drive if I wanted to, but not having to drive all the time. I wanted to have a dog, which I have one sitting in my lap right now. (laughs) And uh, I just, I wanted to be like involved with some local farming and be making art and be as creative as possible. And I just got really sad at that moment because I looked at my life in New York and none of that seemed possible at all. So I think it was at that point that I I started to subconsciously make the choices that led to me being here today. And now I'm really happy in San Diego. I'm writing, I have a column for City Beat that I write every other week about the arts, um, which has been an incredible platform and way for me to meet virtually everyone involved in the arts um, across the county. Um, If I haven't met you yet, I feel like I'm sure (laughs) to at this point. So that's been really cool and empowering and inspiring. And um, yeah, just uh, I've definitely had these moments of creative blocks, but at least I have a lot of tools around me to to release them. And and then my age has really helped with that as well. Instead of kind of beating myself up about what I have or haven't done yet, I feel like it's easier to take a pause and and look around and realize look at all these you know magnificent things I have around me and how can I uh how can I put my creativity to use this is why I'm I'm here yes and that well and just to give some preface uh because we didn't really talk about our topic yet (laughs) Uh, uh Rachel got right in there and um you know, we're talking about releasing creative blocks today. And that I like the story that went around with the whole thing because there's so many ways that we have creative blocks in our life, whether it's something that's a mental block, uh, whether it's um, a situational block, like you were just saying, uh, living in New York or being on the road for reality TV and you realizing you wanted different things for your life. And essentially, that in itself is a creative block because it doesn't allow you to open yourself up to be able to have those moments to create. Um, exactly. So I like that. And I like how you gave, she basically gave a timeline of like when we met and her, her whole life until this moment. And that is why I love her. <laughs> For yeah, yes, many no, reasons. But I have that. no shortage of words. That yes. I'm starting to realize. Well, and that's what makes you, that's what makes you so unique. And so you, I mean, oh. to, for people that are astro, uh, you know, listeners out there, we got a Gemini moon on her, so that's why she loves to talk, and she's Aquarius, and you're an activist, and, you know, bless your soul for that, especially in this day and age, because, yeah, we know the world we're living in right now, mm. um, so that can block your creativity, too, uh, when you feel so overwhelmed by life and what's, you know, your experience, experiencing. Um, so let's talk about... Uh, personal your personal history with creativity what's your personal story with being able to tap into your own you know have you do you feel that it flows most of the time or have you always kind of dealt with certain blocks um yeah I definitely have always dealt with certain blocks um I'm realizing you know I I look back into my my childhood even and I've always been really creative but I've never been what they call a closer or a finisher (laughs) it's really easy for me I get obsessed with ideas and Mm. characters and creating the like the initial sort of birthing period of of creativity is like my favorite um and it's taken pretty much up into this point to clearly see the um, 
the work that it takes to execute and fully execute a project that you that you care about or that you want to see executed and you know I used to even start stories all the time I had all these little short stories that I would write in and uh, and poetry etc and drawing and and it's something that's always been important to me but I noticed that when I finish things is when I have a deadline or I have someone I'm working with. Where Pressure. A, mm-hmm, or um, in school. I was always really good in school because I had mentorship and I had, you know, people to kind of push me along. So um, I think that, yeah, I think, I think learning to be a really truly creative person and get things done on your own and not necessarily having – uh, a specific, you know, timeline or somebody else to answer to. I think that's a really great challenge, and I think it's a great challenge for a lot of people. Um, and it's one that I'm, I'm just starting to, uh, you know, really move into uh, yeah. tackling. And it's it feels really good. Though, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's uh, when we accomplish something uh, that, especially that we set out to do, a create creatively because it is it's like birthing a child it's something that's birthed within that comes to term and we can be proud and of what we have accomplished that has literally created arisen from within us and it's a magical process and a lot of people don't get to that moment ever because I think a lot of times because of self-confidence. I leave fear that of was failure. yeah, fear mm-hmm. of failure, uh, fear of success, mm-hmm. and that was actually my main issue um, because I grew up most of my life. It wasn't even until maybe my like mid twenties that I even thought maybe I was like a tad bit creative. Like I thought I was not creative at all, <laughs> and. Which is so funny because I feel like you're one of the most creative people I know. Exactly. And and you as well. And that's why Mm -hmm. when Rachel and I get together, we riff so many ideas. Like, we should really be a team of some sort to, like, just get ideas out in the world. Um, (laughs) Think tank. Think think tank. Um, But I, you know, I I had to get there myself um, to my own sense of confidence to be able to even try and like to express the creativity or give it a go or not to feel silly or, um, you know, to allow myself the chance because once I started vocalizing that to other people that I really didn't see myself as a creative person, everybody looked at me and was like, are you, are you kidding? Are you kidding me right now? Like, they're like, look at you, you know, cause I'd love to dress and up and be in crazy wild outfits. That was my thing, uh, back in my twenties. Still kind of my thing, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like a kind of a confidence issue at first. I mean, if we're just starting, because there's different levels of creative blocks, right? They're For sure. Le- depending on what level of creativity you have yeah. expressed. Yeah. Well, I just noticed, I just started learning to surf, so last summer, and uh, I realized um, it's one of the hardest things that I've learned to do, because it's physically very demanding, and then also every single time you're in the ocean it's different and sometimes you're like am I gonna drown today (laughs) it's really weird so there's so many things at play there uh but I realized something about myself which is that I, I I don't tend to take risks I'm not really like a risk taker type of personality in fact I remember when I was a kid my my stepdad would often like bet me I'll bet you a dollar for for something and I'd be like no like I'd rather yeah. keep the dollar. Like I'd rather have the dollar safe in my mind, you know. And so it's been cool to kind of do. And you know, I never played an instrument. Uh, I always had wanted to learn, but I, I think that whenever I would start, I would get frustrated and kind of give up. The only really true creative thing I always had was my voice. My mom was a singer, and I just singing just kind of always came out of me and is still one of my 
favorite things that I I can do. And especially, I kind of, you know, I've never pursued it for, like, a living or anything. So some people, a lot of people don't even know I can sing. So that's always fun, too, to kind of, like, bust out, like, an old jazz song or something. And people are like, oh, my God. You know? Yeah. So sometimes, you know, there's things that are almost creative just for you. You know? Well, and that's that's another thing. That's a great point. Because if we, a lot of people tie up creativity with, like, you have to do it for a living. You know, they don't get the path. Everything we do in life is is creative to mm. some extent. We put our stamp on, and that is where creativity comes from. Yes. Um, so, for, forgot where I was going with that. But oh, well, just to, <laughs> so just to answer your question, it's like you know, I've so I've had create some creative outlets, but I think back when I was probably my most frustrated or kind of miserable or at an impasse. And it was usually because I didn't have an outlet of my own Mm. and I was working on everybody else's stuff, Ah. but not my, my own in any way. And so I've made it a real priority to just carve out uh, time for myself, whether it's, you know, journaling or working in an article or singing sometimes just in the shower or, or, um, you know, just like drawing, writing down ideas. Um, you know, sometimes even just kind of like supporting, uh, the people going out and supporting the people in my community and just taking in, you know, watching them and seeing how they're expressing their creativity too is like a creative act for me. Yeah. Um, cause I can see like, Oh, not like, Oh, that's easy. I could do that. But like I, I wrote about an artist the other day who I'm really excited about. I'm going to his, he's showing some of his work and talking tomorrow night. Um, he works at Mopa. His name's John Brinton Hogan. And he does these scenes that actually kind of look like this curtain that's behind Melissa right now. It's like these Western sort of landscapes, but then he kind of makes the colors crazy and then he cuts out the people that are in them and it looks very like Like collage It is, but it's it's like almost a reverse collage because it's cutting out Oh, got you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's actually people in it that he took the picture of and then he cuts them out and then he replaces them sometimes like with glitter or different colors. So it looks like the first thing I said, I, I didn't really even know it was worked that well when we were talking, but I said it reminds me of like a sci-fi movie where people are kind of like getting zapped and sort of like disintegrating. And he goes, that's so funny you say that because I saw War of the Worlds on uh, TV when I was a kid, like repeatedly, and that stuck in my mind. So it was just like that aha moment where you're seeing, talking to someone about their process and mm-hmm. figuring out the things that tr- like really kind of spoke to them or speak to them. And that gets me really excited. I get like, I go home after that and I think like, I look around and say, okay, well, what can I make out of my life? Or what are the things that I sort of kind of obsess over that might be sticking in my mind from my childhood? Mm-hmm. And so, um, Well, because it's yeah. like those little bits of inspiration like that. And that it's because all it takes is a little spark, basically, to get the train rolling. And then, you know, if, if you entertain the idea or the inspiration that you find uh, and then start to develop it. Like that's how I feel like real creativity kind of flourishes because we might get stuck on, you know, how to approach something, but inspiration is like the first number one thing. If you're inspired in any way, shape or form, like that is one of the telltale signs that it's time to create. For sure. And I think you're right. I think what you said earlier about people holding back is there's, you know, the fear of the execution. It's like you mentioned giving birth and so did I. And then I thought, wow, if I don't, I'm like a really neglectful mother, I keep having all these ideas and they just, but there's something about this kind of like, yeah, closet full of baby dolls or babies, you know, they just kind of stick a little food in there sometimes and like, (laughs) oh, no one look over there. But, uh, but there's, there's something really cool about, yeah, like, like 
maybe even digging out an old idea and dusting it off and like yes. like there's a project I did when I was a little when I was about eight that I just remembered recently that I I really want to try to do again <laughs> I made these little like zines basically I would not have known to call them zines but I made these little booklets with a friend and they were naked ladies and we felt so naughty for drawing them like <laughs> <laughs> naked ladies and I'm sure they were super primitive but we would draw as many different kinds of naked ladies as we could, and then staples to them together when no one was looking, and then we'd each take them to the grocery store and leave uh-huh. them. When your parents weren't looking, the assignment was to leave them somewhere in the store. So, like, I would sometimes leave them in, like, the, the oranges or somewhere in the citrus, and I just imagine somebody, like, picking up an orange and seeing this crudely drawn, like, child's, you know, book of, like, naked women. And, <laughs> and I love it. It just brings me so much delight, you know, because I'm like, oh, it's just so... You, you're not even there for the reception of your work. You're just, like... Right? It's like this sneaky, It's a seed that you basically plant yeah, within other people's yeah, minds. Yeah, and For so, them to get creative about. Yeah, so I think about that, and I'm like, oh, that's something that I would like to try to do again, like some version of that. And then, and then, you know, recently, um, within the last year, I tried stand-up comedy a few times, which yes. is something I'd always wanted to do, but was terrified, because I was thinking, you know, well, what if a joke doesn't land, and then people are just silently, you know, looking at me, it just seems really hard. Well, I got over that block by just saying, I'm really doing this for me, not them. I, I, I am... I'm a total goofball, and I love to talk, and I love when people pay attention to me. I think it's because my parents were super busy, and I was an only child. Well, and, and you're a Leo rising, so it fits perfectly. Exactly. But, yeah, <laughs> there's, I definitely am a, an attention whore when it's good attention. And and even when it's not, it's like, whatever. Like, you're, you know, there's something about also with the aging. It's just like, I don't care anymore about being this perfect vision of anything. I, I know I'll never be perfect, and... Comedy is one of those things where the flaws, as long as you're confident about them or, like, embrace them or are aware of them, they can become part of the act. So the first time I did it, I kind of made the fact that I had never done really done comedy before, I made that sort of part of the act. And so when something kind of failed or, or was just super goofy, I'd be like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd kind of laugh along and then people would laugh and then that would give me the confidence to tell a more kind of sophisticated joke. And, and, uh, it was a really neat process because it, it didn't go perfectly, but it was, it was really fulfilling because I did something that I was scared of doing, uh, in front of a ton of people. And, the reception was mostly positive, and even if they it hadn't been, the fact that I was able to do it and risk that failure felt felt really rewarding. Yeah, you well, know. So, so this goes back to when I first mentioned the growing up not really wanting to take risks, and I think part of being creative is taking risks a little bit, even for yourself. Oh yes, you have mm-hmm. to, and and it's a lot of times it's an emotional risk. It's a risk of uh, you know exposure to uh, to judgment of others or judgment of yourself. Um, but I like what you say about the idea of it, it's not going to be perfect. And I read something the other day, and I can't remember where I read it, but it's so perfect for Taurus season as we're beginning to manifest these ideas and these <laughs> seeds that we have. Um, and what I read was that a lot of times we stop in our mind because we have the our, – our vision has a sense of perfection to it. Mm. But what we don't realize is that when we manifest it into the world, we are – manifesting a a purity of intention in physical form. So there is like, it's like, it's perfect in its own way when it's in our head, but it's also perfect when it's executed and it's real in real life. Because Mm. that, that transition from spirit to the, you know, physical world is essentially, um, they're both perfect. 
Okay. And, and, but we just don't see it as that. And it's like reconciling that difference in our mind sometimes. And a lot of times, how many times do you approach something and then the way it turns out actually ends up being even better than you expected? And it wasn't exactly how you expected. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's, and that's part of the creative process as well is just the idea of um, letting go. I mean, and we're talking, I mean, the topic is releasing creative blocks, right? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, there is a, there's a constant um, necessity to release expectations expectations throughout the creative process. The expectations or the ideas, the the inspirations that you mentioned, those are like the map that you start out with. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is not a good metaphor. It's not really a map. It's more of like just a general push to yeah. go in a direction. You don't it's like have a disappearing map, map. It's like, you know, yeah. as you, well, not disappearing, but it's, it's revealing itself before your eyes. Exactly. You may have, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's actually not, um, it's not even a map. It's, it's a, it's a, a vision of a destination. You're envisioning mm-hmm. where you're ending up, whether you end up there or some different version of there. Um, that's, that's up to the process. Right. And so not to be too cliche, but it's about the journey. Yes. You may be on your way to Reno to get a quickie divorce, you know, but along <laughs> the way, and I, this is the too, I often think in terms of sort of like old comedies and things, right. Along the way you, you and your, your, you know, your, your regrettable spouse, you know, run into some, some misadventures and by the end you're madly in love again and, and you you end up somewhere completely different, you know, so, yeah. or, or you end up in Reno and you, you know, you, you, you get married again or something. Yeah. I don't know. I just come kind of like thinking about plots, you know, you just like, you, you're trying to write a story, right? And think about, uh, you know, your own story. How, how often has your own story deviated where you, than where you thought it was going to go when you were younger? <laughs> or how often have you wanted it to deviate? Yeah. Like you don't want to be on a set track. I yeah. mean, that's depressing, you yeah. know? Um, so I think, uh, I think creativity is that way where you look around at your tools and you think maybe I need more tools to make this this journey happen or maybe I'll start with a bunch of tools and then go along the way and realize I don't need as many and just totally simplifying. I mean, just there's so many different ways to go about it, but it's about the willingness to move. Yeah, and, and to know? be flexible yes. with the whole thing because mm-hmm. it seems like that's kind of part of the process is if when we become inflexible with the outcome or the approach then we stifle our own creativity by staying with this, uh, you know, this particular mindset that's boxed in or constricted in some way. Right. Um, yeah. it's, also, it's also too, it's like, to me, I think a lot in terms of genre as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm obsessed with movies, right? And, and, uh, well, you were a film student. I was. You I have was a, a degree in that. <laughs> well, I was a visual arts student with a film and video emphasis. So we did a lot, we watched a lot of like experimental things, but I kind of grew up with like old Hollywood musicals and my mom was a showgirl in Las Vegas. And so this idea of like showiness and, um, and then when I moved to New York, I, I made friends with all these, you know, video store nerds and I saw a lot of different horror, comedy, random like sexploitation movies, just like, anything that ran the gamut. And I started realizing that, you know, what, what I think of as successful art is just when it's just executed well within its goals, you know, mm-hmm. like something like, um, you know, like I saw a horror movie from Canada that was called black roses. That's about this, like, 
you know, heavy I metal. That movie. I saw yeah, that. it's like a, it's so funny. It's like an after special. It's like this heavy metal band comes to town and they're really demons and they're slowly like converting the town, you know, into demons and it's like this Christian nightmare, you know. But it's so funny and it's so well done for what it is. You could tell that it's like a no budget thing and that you know they they probably made it just to try to like fulfill some kind of obligation of like making a moralistic tale. But within that is this incredibly like strange. Um, very layered, interesting world that these people created. And so I like to think about things like that. Like, your life is kind of like a movie, and, like, is it a comedy today? Is it a drama? What's the tone I'm going for with this piece that I'm making? Like, music's like that, too, where you're, like, you know, just depending on the combination of notes or the kind of beats you put in, the tempo, just the different things you add in determines what kind of song it is, you know? So... That's that to me is what I love about art is that you can kind of create a frame with your idea and then within that there's just so many different ways you can go to execute it and just as long as you're kind of honoring the intention yes. and and I like that point a lot because that really speaks to the idea of having to be flexible with the creativity and to not box it into where it can't really sprout but also like you're saying to have it formatted enough to be able to rein it in and have an objective because that's the thing is we can't stifle it with these rigid, you know, expectations or approaches. But at the same time, we have to have a framework around it for it to eventually exist. Otherwise it can go off in many directions. You'll end up losing your whole purpose to begin with. And so it kind of is like twofold in, in this yeah. weird, you know, as life is a par- paradoxical, you know, duality type of way. For sure. Um, But we were talking earlier before we uh, started recording, uh, we were talking about emotions and emotional, um, well, emotional breakdown. Um, (laughs) No, when we basically, when we're we're at our most emotional, it's, it can be one of the most prime triggers for creativity. Yes. I believe I was telling you a story about my evening last night. I kind of had an a little bit of an interpersonal issue with my my partner and I was feeling really upset and one of the skills that I learned in therapy uh, which by the way like therapy helps with creativity too because if you're all over the place you know in your mental health state it's hard to focus on anything creative but um but yeah one of the tools I learned was just to try to break from the environment that might be triggering you and 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 go for like a walk or something so so I did that it was evening the sun had just gone down um and I uh I really liked the neighborhood where I live in Oceanside it's like kind of suburban but it's also right on the ocean and it's a little more urban than other places I've lived and these hills where I live are just have some really cool older houses like bungalow type places and these crazy tall pine trees on this one street and and yeah as I was like walking off my distress I did feel this moment of of clarity and gratitude for just my ability to do the, to be walking around and, and observing. And I kind of quieted my thoughts and I, that's when I, this idea came forth where I was like, wow, I've been wanting to learn to paint for a long time and this is what I want to paint. And I started taking photographs of these darkening houses with no people anywhere nearby and just like a light or two on inside with the, uh, the curtains or whatever else creating a different color in each window and so, you know, I'm sure it's, if I researched it, I'm not the first to do something like that, but I know that my version of it will be mine. Exactly. And, uh, and then I was thinking too, while I was taking the photographs, that I really didn't like some of the modern cars. I think they're really ugly, you know? And so I thought about creating like a, almost like a weird smear wherever there's like a person or a car or something. So it's like how I'm almost wanting to like erase out, you know, modern time or like the way that 
that, you know, wealth and luxury keeps kind of encroaching on these kind of older neighborhoods with a lot of character. Yeah. So there's things that I'm playing with now, but it's just in its infancy. I'm hoping it won't become another baby doll in the closet or whatever I was saying. But, you know, it's nice to have these moments where you're like, oh, I feel like this is something that I could do. And I could do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, sh- it won't shouldn't cost too much to get a few tubes of paint and... Um, and I even thought back to ever since I was really young, I've also had this weird obsession with when I put my clothes away in my drawer or my closet, I like to put different colors and patterns next to each other, not like the same colors or like, you know, making a rainbow or anything, but I've always enjoyed the layering of colors and textures. And I'm like, um, I thought maybe I could apply that to fashion, but I've never really had that much of a fashion sense compared no, to you. That's no, that's not true. I mean, but still, I, I've not, I wouldn't consider myself like a fashionista or anything, but but I did think, wow, this could come in handy with visual art because yeah. certain colors next to each other just evokes. Oh, that's the whole nature of visual art. It just feels art. so good. I mean, and I just love the way, like, like right now I'm obsessed with this, like, tomato red, uh, almost like an orangey, peachy tomato red next to like a forest green because it's just like such a cool calming deep color that's so deeply rooted in nature and then you've got this just kind of citrusy like spark of spark light, of light <laughs> you know and so i think about creating like yeah just colors combinations and 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 i think i thought about it for a long time but i, I was always like well what and now you know now being somewhere where i'm i've lowered my cost of living and i have more free time you know and i even have a space outside where i can paint i'm like Hey, yeah. now's the time. <laughs> All the blocks have literally released themselves, and now it's up to you yeah. to make sure that you give yourself a chance to do that. So, yeah. well, what's inter- okay? So let's segue real quick into the idea of creative scheduling and oh, routine. Yes. Oof, that is my uh, because <laughs> you know, and that's it. Yeah. Feels like where we're going with this conversation, especially even with your painting that you were just saying, or what we were talking about earlier about having a framework of some sorts. Because I found that. It might seem counterintuitive uh, to think that if you schedule yourself to have some creative time every day that you'll be able to show up for that. But the reality is that you will. You might, might not every day, but as you're, you know, we're creatures of habit. So we become accustomed to the things that we allow ourselves to become a ritual. And so I think that, you know, um, and I'm... I don't always do it. And you just said, you're like, Ooh, that's my, that's my hard spot. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Um, I've never been good at creating routines. It's like the worst, <laughs> but when I'm on a good routine, I'm the best I've ever been. Right. Like you're saying your deadline or the, yeah. the thing and having it. Um, so maybe, maybe we're working through our own creative blocks in this moment <laughs> as we <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and especially it makes a lot of sense for this Taurus season right now because Taurus is all about earth energy. It's about manifesting something of a physical form and taking our time to be able to do that um, and committing ourselves and being determined being practical about it and being persistent, mm. uh, you know, like slow, slow goes it basically plotting forward. And so this is the perfect time to set up those routines and to give yourself that physical space in order to allow the creativity to flourish. Um, I feel like that's mental space too, like carving out sure. even like, cause like you said, if you create space in your day or your calendar, uh, even if you show up and it's not going exactly like you thought, you're still in that mindset to, right. to be honoring that, that um, practice. And that was, I was going to say is, um, you know, as I've been writing about art 
that's what people call it. They call it their artistic practice. And I like that idea that it's constantly, you know, that's what it is. It's a practice. It's not just like, look at me. I'm amazing. I created this out of nowhere. Everyone's aware that there's a total process. Yeah. And, and, and by calling it a practice, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, um, it, it makes it think it, it's kind of relieving in a way. Cause I, it, to me, it's like, I don't need to sit down and think about how am I going to create a masterpiece? No, it's like, how am I going to create a practice that's going to push me in a direction to be completing work that I, I like and that resonates exactly. with me and that I think is worthy of maybe showing to others. But, but even if you are, have an art practice where you don't even necessarily show people forever or for a long time, if that's useful to you and feels good to you and gets your creativity going, you know, that's amazing. And that's, you know, why when anyone ever says I'm feeling blocked, I just say, okay, you got to get a journal, just start writing and give yourself a little bit of time every day to sit in front of that journal, whether it's in the morning or before you go to bed, because that just that beginning practice, that easy, cheap practice of writing (laughs) on paper is something. Yes. So well, and it gets the, it gets the juices sparking, and you and I mean journaling is just great because you get to know yourself better overall. So I highly recommend that as well. Um, but yeah, so I guess to basically sum it up, what we're saying here today. What are we saying here, Rachel? We're saying that <laughs> it's you know you can't really pigeonhole the creativity. You. Uh, you got to open yourself up a little bit to it, but you also have to put some framework around it to allow it to actually become what it is. Well, it's almost like, you know, we talked earlier about taking a risk. I think you have to take a risk and be willing to maybe move yourself into some, uh, you know, uh, out of a comfort zone, foreign territory. (laughs) And then, and then as that, as that becomes a practice, right. Then you, and then you have an idea that you want to execute. Yeah. That becomes the frame. And then you start to fill in, the work by giving yourself some boundaries. And if the yes. boundaries are too large, that can be really confusing. So maybe keep it narrow and small. Yeah. And then as you kind of build a sense of mastery mm-hmm. or you've, you know, really gotten your, your practice developed, then you can expand and take on more ambitious things. But I think just those initial risks of even just like doing something you're not used to doing every day or every other day, just that in itself can really and create that momentum. And there's our practice, right? Yeah. And there's our practice. Yeah. And that's like the, the perfect part of it. So I think we really nailed uh, some key issues having to do with creative blocks. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to mention really fast, yes. which is when you're at a total standstill. Because I hear this from people a lot, and I've been there, when you feel stuck. It's one of my least favorite words. I'm yeah. stuck, and I'm like... Are you working near <laughs> with adhesives? Like, yes. Are you duct taped to a chair? Yeah. What are you are doing? You, <laughs> are you like in the La Brea tar pits? I hope they get you out so you're not hanging out with saber tooth tigers. But yeah, stuck to me is like so annoying. Um, and I, I think that, uh, and if you've ever felt stuck, it's a very frustrating, annoying feeling. But my advice there, and I want to just bring this up in this particular sure. conversation because you were helpful to me in, in one moment in my life. I was feeling very stuck, and I remember hanging out with you, and you were like, oh, I want to make this music video. And I was like, oh, cool, I have some ideas. And then just even the willingness to sort of collaborate with you and do something, you know, it wasn't about making any money or anything. It was just like, let's, you know, I, I admired the song that you had worked so hard to make already, and I was like, hey, I think I could be helpful here. So just kind of doing that really got me out of a funk that I was in and actually, you know, working with you guys to make it. And there was a real sense of pride there. So, so I guess my advice is just do something, (laughs) do something, talk to somebody like, and just come up with some small thing that you can commit to doing and do it. And then that will usually release 
a lot of the big, the bigger blocks for you. That is such perfect advice. And I'm glad that I was able to help in that (laughs) moment. You helped us greatly and we have an awesome product from it. If you want to check out that video, uh, the band's called Wild Honey and the song is called Zodiac. You can find it on uh, the video on YouTube if you want to see our our fabulous work that we did here, our collaborative work. It did turn out well. But I totally agree with that because sometimes you just have to get moving. You got to stop thinking about it. You got to stop talking about it Mm. because that's another thing with creativity too. In order to manifest something, you can't just talk about it. If anything, don't talk about it. Yeah. Do it because otherwise you're expending your energy in a way that is taking a it's it's taking energy from the actual process of of you know because creativity is work like it's not like it's 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 part inspiration and it's part perspiration as they say <laughs> you know you got to put yeah. your back into it and when you said get moving i mean even just physically i did a yoga class yesterday and the woman at the beginning class put this card in front of each of our mats and it said the body loves movement the mind loves quiet and i was like that's true really when you're moving and you're out moving, you can quiet your thoughts so much more easily. So it's like, even if you're like, so I think especially when you're stuck or something, like just go to a weird neighborhood you've never been to or like, you know, jump in the ocean or like go for a long walk and just like, you know, write down some of the things that you observe. Like even those little things in, can can pull us out of our yeah. our, our sofa comas you know (laughs) well it was like it was like i was talking about in last week's episode how i'm all into walking meditations Mm -hmm. now and um it's exactly that the body likes to move the mind wants to be quiet and that's exactly what's happening in that moment and it's just your awareness you become so hyper aware of everything that um that's other another moment that creativity can really come in because your your senses are all lit up and you're just open to receive because that's essentially what creativity is i think it was like um, I think it was Keith Richards who said, you know, every song has e- that has ever been uh, written, every song has already been written, uh, and you're basically just an antenna to download it. That's so cool. Um, so we have to be open and quiet enough to be receptive to the inspiration that comes down because, you know, creativity works through us more than like we are the initiator of it we can we can give ourselves that pride we can give ourselves pride in the work that's to be done but essentially the creativity that comes down is sort of a divine mission in a way because it's you know it's how we express ourselves on this earthly plane well and i knew i was coming today and yesterday i was watching a brian eno documentary it's just like something on amazon oh it's great i've seen it i was so inspired by that me too but something i loved and it made me think of you immediately is the oracle deck they created oh yes i use it every day oblique strategies Strategies. (laughs) and i was like whole it just like i got i have shivers down my spine right now just the idea that someone as you know innovative as Eno who just seemed like you know if you look at the trajectory of his work it seems like he must have just constantly had things flowing through him and then for him to create something that can allow people when they are blocked in the studio just to pull a card and kind of go in a different direction so I love that too I love that like creativity can also be um, it doesn't have to be going down a single path or, or mastering a certain you know instrument or any of that it can really just be like what's speaking to you in the moment and and if it's if you find yourself in a rut that that just bringing something in from from left field can just be like ooh that's it you know I'm going to go in that direction now or yeah. think differently about it you know well sometimes you need something from left field to get you out of being stuck because it really stuck is just a mode of perception and your just perspective is not 
where it needs to be in that moment. And you have to change it in some way. And in order to change it, like you said, get something out of left field or something you haven't done before. Or expose yourself to something that is, unco- I'm not saying uncomfortable, like sit on a bed of spikes or anything, but just yeah. something you're not used to. Like yeah. like you were saying, you know, jump jump in the ocean. You know, if you're like kind of tiptoe, you put your toe in, <laughs> get in there and you'll be like, who knows, you'll come out rebirthed. <laughs> Yeah, or even just being on the sand, you might be like, wow, when's the last time I was barefoot on the sand, you know? Right. I, it's so funny, I know so many people here in San Diego who live here and, like, never go to, they're like, oh, I never go to the beach. No, that's me. Like, yeah, yeah, no, you're not. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that, and I mean, I've made the beach is such a part of my life now, but I get it, you know, it's just, again, wherever you are, it's easy just to, you know, it's easy to get into routines, but as easy as it is to get into routines, we don't often change up those routines because they're what's coming naturally. I mean, it's like if you do, they've done on MRIs on people that have had behavioral therapy and changing your behavior actually changes your brain because you're not going to automatically go down the same, you know, path. You're going to take out your machete and like clear another one, which is hard work, but eventually you're like, oh, this path actually leads to a beautiful waterfall, whereas the other one went to a garbage dump. You're like, you're just going down the one to the garbage dump all the time because it's like, oh, that's the clear path. It's like, no, put in the extra work, that rainbow, that freaking, you know... Wow, I sound very hippie now. The rainbow is there. It's, <laughs> it's a double rainbow. A double rainbow. <laughs> Across the sky. That is such a good video. That oh. is. Oh, one more thing about the Eno, too, that I took a lot of inspiration from is, you know, they were talking about Roxy Music, and it's like I love Roxy Music so much, but they were talking about um, how when that when that band started getting really big, how some of the the other musicians at the time were really kind of like, pissed off at Brian Eno because he didn't really know what he was doing. He was more of an artist, you yes. know? And they didn't like the fact that, like, here they've been playing since they were, like, 10 years old, and, you know, I'm an amazing guitarist or keyboardist or whatever. He just steals the show, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and they, you know, and, and what Eno was sort of proving was that oftentimes it's about innovation rather than mastery, you know? And I think that's something that keeps so many of us mm. back. Like, maybe the reason why I have never really attempted to paint is I was like, oh, I, I probably won't be very good at it, you know? Mm. Oh, I'm scared it's going to just be bad. And, like, I don't want to be a bad painter, you know? And it's like, but that's the thing is that sometimes unlearning something or not having learned it yet, you have a fresh set of perspective and eyes and skills that maybe someone that's been doing it forever, they're in their own rut of sorts. So... So I think that's another thing that's really exciting is you can go, all right, like I'd never done stand-up comedy, but I'm going to try it. I know there's people that have been doing it for years that are probably amazing at it, but like it's okay to be a novice at something, you know, it's it's fun. Yeah. It's well, that's where the practice comes in. But, you know, what I like about Eno with that in particular, because I think I remember him saying in that documentary that he doesn't, not to this day, consider himself a musician. Yeah. You know, he's it's he's a, an artist, more of a producer, yeah. like that's, that's just him. And I love that so much because when I started to play music because it took me a long time I was in music for so long uh, I started with instruments when I was super young but it took me until my late 20s to pick up a, you know become in a band and do stuff like that um, and what I didn't do that I'm super grateful for was unlike most people who pick up a guitar or bass or whatever they play other people's songs I never did that I didn't I didn't want to understand someone else's process. I wanted to figure it out for myself. And yeah. that is what got me to create what, you know, some things I'm really proud of to this day. And it was because I didn't allow myself to mimic someone else's mindset. Um, and granted, you know, that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people if you want to practice, get good, and you like the song. So I don't totally knock it. 
but there is something to not like you were saying with with the you know being this master painter or whatever you know you could have an approach that turns everyone on their head because they just haven't seen it before so i love that you bring that up with the whole idea of innovation versus mastery because mastery is great however you know we are really touched by that which we have never seen or heard or experienced before i think yeah, there's a really good book that I, I, I actually listened to the audiobook recently. I, 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 it's called something like, it's called Rise, but I can't remember the second part. It's like the creativity and the gift of failure, I think. I'm trying to pull it up on my phone to, to get it right. But anyway, um, but the, there was a segment to the, to the book. Yeah, Rise, creativity, uh, the gift of failure, and the search for mastery. Okay? Ah. So it's all about um, the creative process, basically, and a willingness to fail uh, being a huge part of it. But something that stuck out to me in, in the book was uh, they were talking about these um, master, sorry, not master, but like very, very, very high-level phys- uh, physicists mm-hmm. and how there's this thing that's called the Nobel Prize, as most of us know, and then there's this thing called the Ig Nobel Prize. And there's only like a handful of people that have won both uh-huh. and the Ig Nobel Prize is basically you you come up with the most preposterous like hypothesis and then try to make it you know try to prove it yeah and like I believe that's the one where they levitated a frog like and, and it actually is super amazing because they showed that water has a mag- magnetism to it right but uh the point is that um they they were talking about a lot of these physicists they will jump onto a subject not knowing a lot about it, mm-hmm. and uh, they call it sort of leapfrogging. So the idea is you just like learn a little bit, just enough to understand how the process works, but not to master it. Because if you master it, then you're already you're going to limit uh, oh, innovation. Mm-hmm. So the idea is just know enough so that you can get hit the ground running basically and then you sprint and then you jump back off as soon as like you've made some progress and then you let other people take it on so there's people scientists in this world that that's their whole mission is just to like barely learn things enough to apply their amazing problem solving brains create new ideas about solving those problems and then jumping off and letting other people do the work so my point is is that you and I should do that most yeah we should be that's that's our think tank that's our think tank oh i think that's a perfect way for us to wrap up this wonderful interview that went a little long but was totally fascinating um so rachel where can people find you what's your instagram handle what are you doing well we know you're working for you know writing for city beat you're doing all types of things but what's your online presence so yeah city beat is every other week the column's called thank you for staring so if you look that up you can find all my work there and then um, I'm a, I do love Instagram the best, so that's um, I'm go go Rachel Michelle, so G O G O Rachel R E C H E L, and then Michelle M I C H E L L E. Can message me there, say hi, especially if you have any creative projects that you'd like to talk about or have possibly written about. I'm always looking for um, you know people to talk to about the arts in San Diego. Yes, and so if you didn't get that, I'll be sure to share that this week uh, through my my own feed and the stories, so you can get to Rachel and you can get to this episode. And if well, you probably already got this episode if you're listening to it. But um, 
Uh, I thank you for joining us today, Rachel. Thank you My so much. Uh, so where can you find me? You can find me online at energeticprinciples.com. You can find me on Instagram at Energetic Principles, on Facebook, same place. But like Rachel just said, uh, Instagram's probably the better bet. I have my daily stories there uh, where I update, you know, the energy of the air each day. Um, and uh, if you want to also, if you feel like you want to maybe appreciate this podcast in some way, you can get early Sunday listening for only a dollar a month on Patreon. And I also have that tarot subscription as well. Um, so check it out. Uh, it's patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Uh, and last but not least, if you like what you hear today, you know, share it with a friend, spread the good word. Um, and I'm on iTunes now. So if you feel so inclined to leave a five-star review on iTunes, that will help me get a little more visibility, uh, as I journey in my podcast, dumb. <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for tuning in this week. As always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.